god, what, Logan? Why would you say... Oh, welcome to Around the Natty <laughs> Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. Joined with me is Logan. How are we doing, Logan? Hey, you know what? We are back and better than ever, baby. Around the Natty. This is episode 13, I think. Is that right? Uh, maybe. Hey, that's a lucky number, right? Or is that unlucky? I don't that's know. an unlucky number. Oh, okay. Well, this might be really bad, man, fellas <laughs> and lady fellas. But uh, we're going to give it our best shot here. Yeah, so uh, we got some good stuff on the docket today um, after... A Bearcats win, a Bengals ugly loss. Um, however, I do know that Logan wants to hit on some things. I, we think it's important to. Um, so I'm going to let you go ahead and take that away, Logan, whenever you're ready. Yeah, man. I think that, you know, it, it, it's amazing that we're in, in September now. And uh, we actually have some reasons to talk about the Reds. And um, we have a couple of reasons. But I think today we have a lot of things we want to get to. Um, but I want to talk about Marty Brenneman for a minute. Yeah, legend. Um I mean, so this is, we're, I'm calling it Marty Month. Are um, you? Yeah, I'm calling it Marty Month. How long have you been calling it that? Um, since the month started. So, yeah, September it, 1st, you called so it Marty Month? So it's, it's going to be Marty Month. Um, <laughs> he just wrapped up his last uh, away trip broadcast. Yeah. With a win in the series. Yeah, and uh, the, the Cubs were very classy. They gave him um, 42 off, like the number 46. Four, 46, rather, off the scoreboard. Yeah. Um, because he had been broadcasting for 46 years yeah, with the Reds. Awesome. And, uh, it just, it's unbelievable. I mean, talk they about also, a long career. They also gave him a police escort to the airport. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, he's, wow. I, I mean, and I don't know about you guys, but I've been going out of my way, more so than ever before, to listen to the Reds broadcast on the radio every night. I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's much better to listen to him than his son. <laughs> I'll take him and the Cowboy over him, and his son and Chris Walsh any day. Yeah, I, you know, I, th- I won't go there necessarily, but I, oh, I'll go there. <laughs> but what I will say is, is that I don't know. Like it's starting to set in, man. Like this is it. This it, is, it is weird. It's he, we're going into our last homestand. Yeah, this is gonna be the last couple games ever. Um, I, I know that I'm gonna try to get out to a couple games this week, and certainly Marty Day, which is. I think it's going to be on Thursday. It's a day game. or When's their Thursday? One of the two. It's going to be a day game. What are they doing for that promotional one? Um, he's, calling the, he's calling the game from the concourse, actually. Oh, he used to, he used to do that back when it was uh, or Crosley or Riverfront? Uh, probably Riverfront. Th- yeah. yeah, probably not Crosley. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, man. I, and, you know, I think that Marty Brenneman, um, love, some people, you know, they, they kind of refer to him as the crotchy old man and uh, talk which, about which how... Well, you know what? I think it's. I think there's some like generational differences there, and yeah. you know he doesn't really buy into the whole, um, you know, uh, advanced metrics and things like that. But I, I don't know. For me, it's like one of those things where you know what I really appreciate about Marty. I really appreciate that, and you don't get this with every radio host, and that's and we try to do this. I think as well as he's never afraid of something that isn't that isn't popular. You know, oh, oh, absolutely. You hundred percent get what Mark like. He's not like a Skip Bayless who goes out there and he's a character. Yeah. I mean, you like you hundred percent know that some of the stuff that comes out of Skip Bayless's mouth is complete manure. It's Fox telling him what to say, right? Or for, or for views. Yeah. Or him. Yeah. Just putting on a character and like you know being being the devil's advocate for the sake of being the devil's advocate. Yeah. You know, and um, it always has basis behind it. It's got you know facts. Like one of the one of the things he's notorious for saying is. Um, he used to bash Sean Casey all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know how love Sean Casey is here. I think I think he just loves hating on the Reds' first baseman. Let's be honest. Yeah, well, <laughs> Joey well, Votto is one of the most ridiculed Marty Brenneman uh, players of all time. I think. Yeah, well, uh, 
Marty Brenneman's a firm believer that you need to have power on your corners. And, you know, as we all know, Sean Casey was never a power hitter. He was yeah. an average hitter. So, you know, he's beloved He's beloved here. So when he, he started ripping him, obviously people didn't enjoy it. Some but pushback. He, you yeah. know, he has his beliefs about how baseball should be played, and you got to kind of respect it. you got to respect – you gotta respect his realism mm-hmm. when it comes to con games. Like when you listen to him, it's like it's like sitting in your living room with your family or your friends. Yeah, you know. And I think that's what made him so successful in that role, in the fact that you didn't feel like you were listening to something that was staged. You felt like you were listening to a, a fan watching the game. Right. Right. Well, and like I said, man, I, I think it's one of those things where. You really just have to appreciate the the raw and the and the the honesty that he gives you week in week yeah. out. And I mean, at the end, he's the voice of the Reds. You know, him and, and it, Yeah, I mean, I mean, absolutely. Um, and you know, it made me start thinking like, what do I what do I enjoy in a sports commentator or an analyst or um, whatever it might be, someone in the in that business and. Right. Now, not that we get paid to do this. Uh, it'd be cool if we did. I would quit my job. I would if, quit my job instantly. Yeah, this is... Wow, you hate your job that much. I don't hate my job that much. Yeah. I, I would love that job just that oh, much. Oh, yeah. Just talking sports is, is fun. That's why we do it. It's why we make, you know... That's why we get together at 11 p.m. on a... What's today? Thursday? On Thursday, Thursday night. And yeah. hang out in my, my room, which, by the way, smells lovely. If it, I is, it is quite delightful in here, sir. Yeah. Um, he's a very clean man, Logan yeah. is. He's a very clean man. Um... So I respect that. Yeah, lavender chamomile is the scent on tap for this evening. Relaxing. Um, yeah, right. So. I I, su- I suggest you change it up. Really? If we do more podcasts in here, change it up just a smidge. Oh, liven it up a little bit. Yeah, maybe okay. get us some different scents. Maybe some incense in here. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of which, a lava lamp. Last time, uh, Hayden Hayden Sharp did say, um, I think his at name is like way too sharp or something like that. Yeah, it's he with did some wise in there. He did say that. So the last time we recorded, we actually did it at nine o'clock in the morning. So we were having coffee instead of our usual, you know, Bud Light cracking. <laughs> um, so we went with a different vice of choice this evening, of the um, of 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 the uh, non uh, alcoholic variety. So it's 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 good. I don't know. We're we're laid back. We're chilling. We're having a good time. Um, but anyways, going back to my my thought though, it made me start thinking like, what what do I look for in, in a you know sports commentator or what? And, I, you know, some of my favorite commentators, I don't always agree with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like to come away with some, some thought provocation and something that, that has left me with, you know. And sometimes I leave you know, kind of mad or pissed off and we're like, that's ridiculous. You know, but, but you know, at least it's interesting. And, yeah. Um, and if there's facts behind it, I don't mind it. Yeah. You know what I mean, obviously, if you have a commentator for your team, you want them to be for your team. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't mind a commentator, like, calling one of our players out. But if, if I feel like they're actively against our team, right? I am over it. Yeah, optimism just for the sake of being an optimist is not Helpful. what I enjoy. Or enjoyable, right. yeah. Right. I don't, I, don't think that's, um, I don't think that's enjoyable, personally. But, yeah. you know, so, anyways, um, I don't know. I, I just, I was list, I was thinking about today and, like, thinking about what Marty's done and I'm really excited. I don't know. I was really excited to do the podcast, and um, so I, I don't know. I was really excited to jump into it, but we did want to take a moment to kind of salute Marty. And Bef- before you do that, I got a question. Yeah, good. Who it. do you think takes over for Marty? I don't know. I heard in his contract he gets to select who takes over for him. Okay. I heard that's written in his contract. Do you, do you think it's somebody who's on the staff currently? I I feel like Jim Day would be the most appropriate oh, person. I hope not. I, I like Jim Day, but God. I I just I think that's who it'll be though. You know, I don't know who else it would be. Sam McCure. 
No. No, I don't think so. Sam Lee is just not talented enough, I don't think. And he's not he's not he's not a play by play guy. He's a color commentator. Bronson Arroyo? Again, color commentator. I don't whatever. I think I, I think that yeah, whatever. I I don't know. I don't know. I I would say probably Jim Day is probably your next your next guy. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, let us know what you think. Leave a leave a comment in the chat slash tweet us at the show at around underscore the underscore natty. Um and tell us what you guys think. Who do you think who should should be the next Reds commentator? Yeah, we're, we're interested to hear. I'll, I'll tweet it out too. Um, if we get some suggestions, I'll, I'll make a poll or something. That'll be kind of fun. Okay. Um, yeah. Hit the poll up. Alrighty, Marty. Uh, we've appreciated your your service. We look forward to the rest of the season. Um, but we have to move on in this podcast. So, yep. so, so, we, we, so we salute you, Mr. Burneman. We salute you, sir. Your son needs to get a new job. Um, <laughs> we move on to the Bearcats. Uh, they previously played. Um, the Red Hawks of Miami University. Yeah, the frat boys from Oxford, that, as I like to call them. Okay, word up. Um, <laughs> but before that, I think you had something else you wanted to bring up, oh, right? Yeah, so I just want to give a quick... So, um, we're, 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 believe it or not, basketball season's right around the corner. It's weird, um, man. And for the first time in I don't know how many years, it's been a long time, uh, UC is actually bringing back uh, Midnight Madness. Yeah. Which, for those of you guys who don't know... Um, I'll kind of read you their description they have laid out for it. Um, or I'll read you a, a, a quote from, from John Brennan, or Brandon rather, who uh, had made mention of it. He said, you know, we can't wait to see our fans and usher in our first season together at Fifth Third Arena. It promises to be a fun event. I know you guys are looking forward to it. Um, this is actually after 15 years, the University of Cincinnati Athletics in collaboration with the UC student government will once again celebrate the start of basketball season with a Bearcats madness event at Fifth Third Arena. The festivities will begin at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday, October 4th, following the football game against UCF. That that, that has all the recipe for being rowdy as all hell. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that, that looks like it's going to be a bunch of fun. Um, you know, they, they also, we were really excited to bring the Midnight Madness event back to Fifth Third Arena. Uh, they're looking forward to celebrating the start of Bearcats basketball and introducing this year's team to the awesome fans. So... Um, we definitely want to encourage you guys to check that out. Again, uh, that is on October the 4th. Uh, it's actually free to get in. Um, they but it's, do... it's going to be packed, boys and girls. Get yeah. there early as hell. Right. And they, they're at, if you go to the football game, they're asking that you use the West Concourse. And if you're coming only for the event that evening, they ask to use the East Concourse. Um, so pull out your campus maps or whatever. I don't yeah. know what you would do. But... I, I think this event's really important. Um, to establish, you know, a new culture, mm-hmm. you know, change in the basketball program. Yeah. Um, one that's definitely looking really positive with all the recruits they're bringing in. Right. Um, so I'm definitely all for this. Um, anything that promotes the Bearcats in positive light, I'm all for. Um, so I think this is a great, great idea. Yeah, and, and you know, um, say what you will about Mick Cronin. I, I will say I think he could have done a better job of, of engaging with the fans yeah. and the, the community involved. Um, I think that's something that, Coach Fickle with the the football team has done really well. Yeah, um, I think has shown really positive results. I mean, you saw you saw it firsthand at the UCLA game. I mean, that that that, that Nippert Stadium was electric. It was bumping. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's great. And um, and yeah. But anyways, we won't get too ahead of ourselves here. We know that it's not uh, football season, uh, or sorry, it's not basketball season as of yet. But we did want to give a quick shout out for our listeners who are UC fans, which yeah. should be all of you. Um, <laughs> and if you're not, well, Nate Clark, just go away. Um, but yeah, so anyways, let's, let's talk some UC Bearcat football real quick. Yeah. Um, I'll start us off. 
Um, our Bearcats took home the victory, um, thirteen to thirty five or thirty five thirteen. Um, Again, struggled. Not a pretty game. Struggled. Not a pretty yeah. game for our Bearcats. I mean, they started really slow. Uh, first quarter was abysmal. Abysmal. Um, you know, they only had 16 rushing yards, only one mm-hmm. for Michael Warren. Yeah. Uh, two sacks given up in the first quarter. That can't happen. Held scoreless. Um, just, just really not a good start Sloppy to the game. Sloppy football. Sloppy and and Sloppy that's football. and that's really been that's really been their the story. Their story this it's year. Been the narrative all season yeah. long. Absolutely, and and you know what? I, I will also say I think that it's one of those things where um, you can't play that way against good teams. Now I will say the Bearcats have always always struggled against Miami. Even when we've had extreme, even that 2009 Tony Pike team that went to the Sugar Bowl. They struggled against Miami. You know, it's. It, it, I think it's part of the rivalry thing. I think it's just a reality of, of a rivalry. That's the truth with a lot of rivalries. Too. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's it's a it's an ugly game. Uh, did you dig the the throwback field mm-hmm. by the way? Did you? I, I wasn't sure. I felt about the uniforms themselves are great. Is that what you're talking about? The field. They, no, the field. They they took off the the logo out of the middle of the field and then the end zone instead of having like the black and red end zones, they had like the. I dig the whole the vibe. Really? I dig the whole vibe. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's always cool when they do stuff like that. I wish I wish the Bengals would do something like that, but they're so stale. The, the, okay, the Bengals do little or nothing for their fans. I or, wish they'd do more, man. Like, that Bengals 50 was the lamest, like, promotional thing ever. Yeah, it was just a lame attempt. They're not, they're no, no one does it like the Cincinnati Reds, but at least try. You know, like, I mean, come on. Yeah, I, but I, no, I, I really love the unis, too. Mm-hmm. The, the Bearcats unis were so sick. Yeah. So sick, man. Like, when I saw the promotion, they put it out, like, a month ago or so. Mm-hmm. I saw it. And I was like, "Oh, that's that's sick!" Like, if I were to ever get a Bearcat jersey, that's the one you go with. Yeah. Do, do so you slick. like the new? Do you like the new logo? The one with the new Bearcat? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It looks very cartoonish. Um, I don't. I kind of like. I didn't like it at first, but it's growing on me a little bit. I kind of dig it. Yeah. I don't know. I like. I like whatever it is that we wear when we beat Xavier, though, in basketball. That's, <laughs> that's really nice. That's so. a good one. So any color. Yeah. Any, any uniform combination. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, but I do want to ask you, so I see you got some notes about Desmond Ritter. Um, you know, we, we've got some, some pretty big studs coming in at quarterback in terms of recruiting. We have a kid, uh, this year who got to see some first reps during camp a little bit. Um, and, and we don't want to necessarily talk about them cause they're not the ones who are playing. Some yeah. of them aren't even here yet. But my question is, do you think Desmond Ritter has been playing well enough to be the starter his, for the next two years here at school? So this is his second season. Do you think seasons three and four, or even the rest of season two, do you think he he's been playing well enough to be the starter? So, so obviously, you know, with you know the competition behind him, I don't think Fix a guy who's going to play favorites. Mm-hmm. So if they had something better, I think it would be on the field. Yeah. Um, now, as far as his play has been, the first three games of the season, I do not think it's very good football that he's played. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's been really sloppy. Um, yeah, but do you think that's his fault? I mean, like, I mean, he took two sacks to Miami. Who, let's be honest, that the, like okay, not so much, there's there's not as much of a difference, but like Miami is to UC as UC is to Ohio State. Like, yeah, my, I don't know that Miami has any business being in the same on the same field as UC. Yeah, similarly to like UC well, was with Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like, it, it shouldn't be that way. My my main thing is obviously the the blame is always on the quarterback's shoulders. But as a as a like an an analyst of the game, even even against UCLA, he wasn't good. He wasn't good. Like 
he, he's making bad decisions. I think yeah. he's turning over the ball too much. Yeah. Um, he had a, he had an interception in in the game against Miami too. Um, I think he didn't, I, I, he didn't have one against OSU, did he? Uh, an interception? I think no. I think he did. I yeah, think he, I, I think he did. I here's my, I think he's playing hero ball too much. I think that's what's happening. Yeah. I think that you know he's got this thing where he's like, okay, I know I got kids coming behind me. Yeah. I got to improve myself. I could go out there and sling the. Listen, you have you have Michael Warren back there, which they need to run the offense through him. I'm like, you just you just I I, I don't I hate to use the word game manager because I think that 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 term is way overused. Yeah. But just don't. Don't make dumb mistakes. Don't turn the ball over. Exactly. That's what we need you to do. Okay. If you can do those things, outside of the injuries that we've had, which have hurt us on defense, yeah, we played we play good, good not great defense. We have a really good, could be great running game. Just don't turn the ball over. That's all you gotta do. And and that literally, literally, that's all they've been doing. And it's it's not only that it's not only that they're turning the ball over, they're turning the ball over in crucial spots. I mean, oh yeah, I I, I don't have the stat up, but if you looked at how many of those those turnovers were, were in the, the red, red zone, zone oh, it's way imagine. too many to win against. Oh. Obviously OSU because they got absolutely smacked. UCF, if you play like that's that, what I'm saying, UCF's yeah. gonna conference. Yeah. UCF's gonna tear you apart. Yeah, if your goal, and I think that it's reasonable at this point to to have the goal. Of winning the conference, I mean, yeah, I guess technically you have the goal every year, but realistically, that's a realistic goal this yeah. year. I think, I think this team is now, you know, Fick in his now fourth season, um, or third, fourth, fourth, fourth. Okay, I thought so. I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, fourth season as head coach, you you should be competing for the conference championship. Now I understand UCF has unbelievable talent. Yeah, unbelievably well coached football team, unbelievable talent, certainly the best talent in the conference, but. I think as a UC fan at this point, I think it's fair to be disappointed if we don't win conference. I agree. I think that's that's a reasonable expectation now. Yeah. However, if they keep playing like they're playing, obviously they have they've they've had some easy games. UCLA, I'd consider that an easy game at home. Oh, UCLA is bad. Yeah, they're, they're not good. They're really bad. Yeah. Miami, not a great team. Right. That's the a rivalry only, game. I give it a pass to the, some extent. The only the only game against a quality opponent that got blown out by forty two. Um, obviously that I mean that is OSU who's a top five team right and that, that spread was like that spread was like 42 points yeah, exactly I exactly, think yeah. I mean like so, that was not so that I'm, wasn't not to I'm be not gonna hate on that one however the level of play they've played against these really bad teams I don't think they beat Houston that way if they play that way oh I agree I think UCF would stomp them if they keep playing this way yep um I t- to be honest Tulane too I think Tulane's a good football team yeah um, I I think Fickle really needs to. I think Fickle really needs to Memphis, go into this. Memphis isn't terrible. Memphis, I think Fickle really needs to go into this bye week and, and tune some things. Cause my God, they're playing sloppy. Can you, can you imagine if we would have lost this game going into the bye week? It would have been horrible. Like thank God we got some momentum going in. Yeah, I mean, cause that's I mean that second half they played well. They played well in that second. I half. agree. And I, and I think that I think even in the second quarter they played okay. And and, and the other thing is too is I, I we know they know we know and they know that they can play better. Yes. They know that they we know and they know that they have the talent to perform better. Yeah. So my thing is I think if you limit the mistakes, the penalties. If our offensive line starts showing up to play, like I don't know what's going on there. It's the first time these... They also switched some linemen around if you weren't aware. They switched the tackle and the guard on the mm-hmm. right side. Um which seemed to help a little bit. Right. Uh, I don't know. And, and you know what? Hopefully you give them the bye week to have, you know, continue to develop continuity and yeah. um, some trust in each other. And, uh, you know, obviously that's really important. And, 
Giving, and you have two weeks to prepare for this opponent. There's no reason we shouldn't come out in this bye week and, and really show out here. Again, I don't even I don't even think it's schematically they need to fix things. I think it's the execution, discipline, and execution. Yeah. I mean, my God, um, five offensive line penalties against the Red Hawks. Right. Five. I think it was three holdings and like two false starts. Yeah, that's, you can't I'm, have that. Yeah, you that's can't win. that's you, losing football. You won't win a whole off football game you doing won't. that. No. You're lucky it was against a, a, a really bad team. A mediocre team. A really bad team. Yeah. I wouldn't even call them mediocre. Yeah. They're bad. I, 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 They're I a mean, bad they, football team. I would, I would say they have no business being on the same field as UC. And they made it look – they played us tough. Yeah. Played us tough. That's, here, that leads me to a question I had. Okay. Do you think it's still a rivalry at this point? Like, obviously they have the bell – all that stuff. It's it, it's they've it, won it four, 14 times in a row. It will always be a rivalry because of the history of the game and, and because of and because of geographic location. See, I you know I, I mean? just I don't buy that, man. I feel like I feel like for it to be a rivalry, there has to be there has to be back and forth. Yeah. Like I, we'll, we'll we'll put on a poll and see what you guys think too. But I'd be interested to hear Mason. I want to know. What, I want to hear what Big M says. Big M played. He you know I mean? he asked me the other day if he could be on again. Oh, he can and be, I said, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. Also, I want to give, you're going to hate this, I want to give the freshman Highlanders a shout-out. Big M is a coach for the freshman yeah. Oak Hills Highlanders. Um, I believe they're 3-0, 4-0. Nice. Blowing people out. Blue yeah, Cool Rain out like by 42 yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, Big M, you're doing a great job. C Swang. You're killing the game too. Connor Swanger's coaching too. Yeah, he's no coaching way. defense. Yeah, so no way. Wow. so keep up the good work, boys. You got the eighteen. Awesome. When, you got, when are you gonna hop in there? Yeah, when am I gonna hop in there? Yeah. I ain't got the time. He asked me to. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, you got ATM behind you. We wish you all the best. If you guys need a linebacker coach, let me know. I'm just kidding. My hours suck. I cover all those games. <laughs> I actually. So it's funny. My uh, so I work at Simon Kenton High School. Um, by the way, this broadcast nor anything associated with the broadcast is. Indicative of Simon Kenton or St. Elizabeth Hospital, which whom I work for. <laughs> Anyways, we didn't know I'd represent those schools slash organizations. Anyways, um, but we played Oak Hills. Our varsity played Oak Hills varsity. Uh-huh. Um, and wow, what an ugly game that was. Yeah. Hopefully those freshmen stay in and keep playing because, goodness gracious, that was the ugliest game I've ever watched yeah. in high school football. That was terrible. Yeah. The, game, the score was like 13-10, and the offenses were both bad. <sighs> yeah, so bad. I know. Um, but... But going back to the Bearcats, <laughs> <laughs> going back to the Bearcats, honestly, they just need to tighten it up. Discipline, execution. I mean, they've had they've had double-digit penalties um, in all three games this season. Yeah. That's that's not conducive to winning. Um, no, not winning football at all. And I, I think this bye week is good, and the fact that Fickle can can harp on some of those things and and make sure they're ready. For Tulane, yeah, come next week. Yeah, so um, go ahead. No, so I, I um, I, I'll, I'll just ask you: Do you think they won conference this year? No. You don't think they won conference? No, I think UCF wins it. Do you think they beat everyone in conference except for UCF? Yes. Really? I think. I think. I think. I think that they. I think that they I lose think, to Houston. Yeah. If anybody, it's going to be Houston. I think. I think Fickle goes into this bye week and tightens it up, and we get back on track. No. Um. I think the offense really needs to lean on Warren more, uh, and yeah, I, that that's my thing. Obviously, Ritter needs to play better. I mean, he hasn't played good in any game. He hasn't played well in any game. No. Uh, I think the UCL game, UCLA game, was his best game, and even that game wasn't great. He had a- no. Well, I, I yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I certainly know that. I think that in all in, in all three phases, we have to play better. Certainly, so. absolutely. 
But uh, that's all I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna say on that one. Usually, that's all we got to say. Usually, about we buy would it. we would go to their next game. Uh, however, they have a bye week, so they get they get a day Baby, off. Bye bye bye. So, so we're gonna we're gonna switch gears here and go to the Bengals. We don't uh, want to be a fool for you. So talk about a poor game, right? Mm. Bengals get. I'm really up. disappointed, by the way. We didn't get a, a, an episode out on Monday last last yeah, week after the first game. That's my fault. Because I would have loved to have had the overreaction Monday. Because I I can promise you right now, y'all. Without him saying anything else, I can promise you right now, Gamble will have come in and be like, "We're gonna win ten games. We're gonna go to the playoffs." I don't. He's, I, I guarantee listen, you. I guarantee you, he would have been. The, you know what we're talking about? Being an optimist, just being like, just for the sake of being, or sorry, being optimistic, just for the sake of being an optimist. Like, I wouldn't say that would be what you what you are. You're just a blind optimist when it comes to Cincinnati sports. I think. Okay. Well. <laughs> Listen, the game against the Seahawks adjusted my view slightly. I was very impressed. I was very hopeful. I was a hundred percent impressed um, by the and the sole reason was the defense. Like I know the offense is going to score points. Hopefully, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that a little later. But that defense against Seattle was dominant. Yeah, I, I, I t- I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I learned on this past Sunday though against the 49ers. Without the element of surprise, RB defense is not good. I don't I don't even know. I just think they schemed it better against the I, Seahawks. I see. I don't know. Here's my thing. My question is, is we what did we do? What were the two biggest weaknesses on the entire football team last year? What two position groups were the biggest weaknesses on the football team last year? Linebacker O line. What did we do to address the linebacker? Signed a same linebacker and drafted one in the fourth round. Who didn't play any any at all? Like did play, play played on Sunday? No, did not play any snaps on Sunday. No. Okay, and then we drafted an offensive lineman yeah. who was out for the season, and now we've we've rolled out one guy. One of our starters hasn't played football. It was out of the football for an entire year. Who? Um, John Jerry. Oh, okay. Um, didn't play football for an entire year. Yeah, he played well on Sunday. Um, Andre Smith, who is literally you know on life support in terms of his. NFL career, yeah, is starting at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Hart yeah. is our right tackle mm-hmm. still. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, Michael Jordan played what has been playing well. Now he's hurt. He didn't play well until um, May, by the way. He, I mean, he was hurt. He didn't play he well was, before he got hurt. Um, the 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 only the only offensive lineman I'm really impressed with is Trey Hopkins. Yeah, he's been which stuck. shout out to this coaching staff mm-hmm. because I can promise you that same coaching staff. Two, a year ago, two we years ago, Billy Price starting. Billy Price would still be starting, yeah. guarantee, hundred percent. But you know what? Here's what I'll say to that end: what the the whole new day thing is is garbage because what what this organization has told us is that they believe that the only thing they need to do is change a coaching staff, and that would make a winning football team because they didn't do anything to address the biggest weaknesses outside of drafting the left tackle. But guess what? You still have free agency to go out there and be aggressive and do what you need. They didn't sure up the offense a lot. Body Hart is still our starting right tackle. That should not happen. Should not happen. I I disagree. I disagree with you on the whole new day thing. I think it is a little different. And I will say that I think I think the what's different. What's different? What's different? We're still putting out a mediocre product. We're we're rolling out the same players. I get it. I I get it. We, just we, just listen. Just listen. Go ahead. Go I th- ahead. I think I think the biggest thing is they're they're trying to put the best players on the field, and I think 
They're all they put the same players on the field. No, they didn't. It's the same players. They they gotta go get, and and, I, and they go out and they sign washed up guys off the street. I think with what they're given, with what they're given, I think they're putting the best players on the on the field. I don't think the coaching staff is is the problem. I think the coaching staff has done a, a phenomenal job. I agree. But we're talking about organizationally. Organizationally, this this. It's it's the same old same. I don't think I don't think the new day is directed towards the ownership, and it should be. And I get that. I'm a hundred percent frustrated well, with them that, too. But that's the facade they're trying to they're trying to pull the blanket, the cover over your eyes, the curtain over your eyes here, and say, oh, we got we got Zach Taylor, but this is his. T-. You know, no, no, Mike Brown. Mike Brown has been very absent. More so, he's been absent in a way that he hasn't been in a very very long time. Oh, it's not. It's Arthur, and it's you know. I mean, it, it, it's it, it, no, no. This is the, it's the it's the same it's the same thing. We're rolling out the same players, the same sorry, washed up, burnout. Like I, I just don't understand it. I, I don't get it. Let's 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 break this down for a second here. Uh, what's what's an issue that most teams in the NFL are facing right now? They don't have a good court starting quarterback. I, I would say even more so, O-line is scarce around the league. S- scarce. A- almost everybody's having that problem. I do. I'm going to be honest with you. I think, I think even even the bad teams have good offense. Like, the the Giants, offense line's fantastic. It wasn't two years ago. It wasn't no, a year ago. No, but you know what they did? They went out and they, they got Kevin Zeitler. And they went out and they drafted. And they went through the draft, drafted multiple offensive linemen. Okay, but their offensive line solid. Okay. What, what The rest of their team? They got their, de- their defense is bad. They're de- <laughs> they're de- <laughs> Listen to what you're saying. I'm just saying though. You're, even you're, they're literally they're well, literally us, that, but just with a different weakness. But, but that's what I'm saying. That organization's a joke, and they still show up the offensive line because they know because they know that's going to be the key to you. You don't go anywhere else without having a good offensive line first. I, I nothing else happens. I get it. Joe Mixon has been proven to be useless. I don't think that's the line. line's fault. Really, you think it's Joe Mixon's fault? Yes. Really. Yes. That's I. I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't disagree more. I watched some clips, man. He wasn't seeing well. He wasn't seeing the the gaps well, and he he obviously it's not a hundred percent his fault. But I think he should carry some of that. Blame. I just don't know how you go from being AFC leading rusher and then just forget how to run the football. I mean, what's the, I mean? You said they're putting the same players on the field. Yeah. So why can't you do at least the same, if not better? Because he's not seeing the holes with with the supposedly new grade coaching staff. He's he's not seeing well. I'm telling you. I, I mean that's fine. I I, I I just I again I just I don't get it. If that's the case, then I I don't understand. We need our coaching staff needs to do a better job of then. I agree. Getting him to see the holes. I don't know what's. He's I, just he just missed a couple. Obviously, the Seahawks schemed against it. Yeah, they're, that, they're, that, they're, right. Now the 49ers, There's no reason he shouldn't have had more than. 20 rushing yards for the game. Right. Well, and, and and I will say, part of it is, I mean, this is a team that is not built to play from behind. No, absolutely not. We cannot play because we don't have a good run defense. We don't have a good offensive line. Yep. So, when teams can just pin their ears back, and we're not going to have success. Yeah. And I'm, that's exactly what we saw on Sunday. We saw a guy who ran all over our defense. Or, yeah. yeah, ran all over our defense. I, to be honest with you, I wasn't overly impressed with what Jimmy G did. It was just how bad our defense played. I, I mean, he didn't throw anything over right. over 30 yards or over even 15 yards. Right. Well, when we took Greg Little pretty much out of the um, 
George, George Kittle. Kittle. Yeah. Was Greg, Greg Little. Little. I don't know. <laughs> George Kittle. I but, you know, it, it didn't matter. They didn't need him. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. every run was was breaking off for seven, eight yards. And, yeah. And, you know, there were so many breakdowns in coverage. Like that whole play with, uh, what's his name, Marquise Goodwin? Yeah. Wide open. Right. That's, you can't. You, you know what you know what I will say, though? Um, I'm, I, and I've been a long-time Andy Dalton apologist. Andy Dalton made some bonehead plays on Sunday. I agree. Plays that cost us points. That so I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue the, the game. Yeah, at the end of the half, going to half, you can go in. You can go in uh, down, down seven. Down. Yeah, and and we come up with no points on that. Which let's be honest, Chubby Clubby probably would have missed the kick. But at least you Chubby get, Clubby. I mean, like at, at least you would have been given the opportunity. Yeah, that's another thing too. Can we get a kicker, please? Man, that's how a, long has it that's been another, since we That's another scarcity, man. I I don't get that either. I don't, you don't even bring you bring one other kicker in in the off season to look at him, really. Yeah, Viscano was not good. That's what you give me? He nailed that big, long one, and then he missed like three. What's the kid that's in Philadelphia now that we have? Jake Elliott. Yeah, Jake. Hey, I'm going to be honest. He hasn't been great either. Everybody everybody creams because he hit that one thing dude, to send him to I'm, the playoffs. I'm, the, dude, the, the, the chubby club is not for me, though. You know what? He's been consistent inside of 50. Consistently bad. In, not inside. He's been good inside the 50. I, he missed a 45-yarder. Two week one that cost us that would eventually have been the game winning points. I get it. He's not slamming sixty yarders. He's not Justin Tucker, but statistically, Who, by the way, I about fantasy. Okay, good. <laughs> um, statistically, he's been pretty good inside I, the fifty. Nah, I'm telling. Consistently, I'm, he's been. You, you when can, when you points, can, when you points, can, you can argue it all you want. Statistically, he's been good inside the fifty. I need That's a all kicker. I, I need a kicker who, whenever the game is. I agree. Twenty-one to twenty. That is going to make inside the fifty. But I also want a kicker who's going to be consistently making kicks, and that's what he does. I, I'll, I've seen. I've seen a You're lot. You're just of, saying that because he missed one recently. I, I've seen a lot of miss, missed, uh, yeah. missed attempts there recently. I yeah, don't enjoy whatever. it. All right. Well, let's let's talk about it. Um, what do you think the main reason the Bengals lost? Like what, on Sunday? No, not well, not the main reason. Like, what are the things that you saw being the keys to the loss? Yeah, I, again, I think this is a team that you you can't. This team is not built to play from behind. Yeah, that's the first thing. Second thing is is that we aren't able to rush the ball, which sets us up poorly because again, when you're able to move the ball, uh, when you're able to, to run the football, teams can pin their ears back, rush four at you, and they and, and they're getting to us with just four. Um, the other thing is uh, penalties. Penalties have been killing us. Yeah. Taking us out of the red zone. Um, I know they had just interviewed Zach Taylor, and one of the reporters asked, you know, what's what's going on? Why have you found yourself having such a lack of red zone success? And he's like, what's? He's like, listen, we 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 have play sheets just for red zone, and we haven't even been able to call a single play from them yet because as soon as we get in there, we get a penalty that takes us 15 yards out of the red zone. He said, I haven't even been able to get it in my red zone packages yet. He said, we've been in the red zone legitimately one time, and we ran the football and got a touchdown. He said, so I haven't even gotten to use my red zone packages, which, by the way, I think is also why we haven't seen uh, Tyler Eifert very much because I think they're really trying to save him, try to get him through 16 games of the season, which I really appreciate. I think that's smart. But, you you know, you can't use these weapons when, when you aren't in the red zone. And um, you know, I love John Ross you know, showing out and uh, bouncing back Yo, after some, some bad drops. Leading and like receiver that. in the NFL right I, now. And, and I dig that. But we can't consistently rely on scoring, you know, at, out, you know, at our own 40 over and over again. Yeah. You know, we got to be able to get the ball in the red zone. And then once we're there, we got to be able to play mistake free football and get some points on the board. You know, I don't expect to go in the red zone and be 100% all the time. We're not going to come out away with a touchdown every single time. But I need points. Yeah. I need my kicker to make the kicks. I need my offensive line 
I need you know Andre Smith to not commit two dumbass penalties in a row, and take us out of the red zone completely. I need basic stuff or Billy Billy Price. Billy Price came in. The holding on the touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, come on. You know, you're killing me. Yeah, killing me, Billy. Yeah, my my big thing was on the other side of the ball, um, which isn't a, a big surprise. They tackled like shit. Whole and the whole defense, Bad. the whole defense Bad. tackled like garbage. I mean, oh, how does Dre Kirkpatrick have a job? That's another thing too. Let I, Darius Phillips go out there and play. You know what? I hate him. Go get Jalen Ramsey. Go do it. You'd have to give up two first rounds, and we are not. That's fine. Are you serious? That's for fine. one piece. That's fine. On a rebuilding team, you want to give away two first round draft picks. I think that you put if you put Jalen Ramsey Ramsey out there. I think that you see. Our defensive line get better. I think yeah. that takes pressure. I think because I, I think you're crazy. I, I'm telling you what. If you make if if you Two have first round picks, if you have William Jackson the third and Jalen Ramsey out there, I I would sign. I, I would. Face him. I would obviously love to have him on my team. But two first-round picks is a steep. First price of all, to play. I don't think that they're gonna have to give up two first-round picks for him. That's what they were asking. I think they'd give him a play. Did, oh, by the way, did you see that some NFL team asked the league office if he played tonight on Thursday, if he could play again on Sunday if they end up trading for him? And they're like, no, you get one game per player per week. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they told him. They told him just like that. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, I, I mean, Dre, Dre always ends up on the highlight reel. For getting just pimped with a stiff arm. I know he's like he's like the Brian Scalabrini of the NFL. He loves getting yammed on. He loves to get stiff armed. He not a sound tackler. Um, a lot of those big runs were just missed tackles. Okay, so Zach Taylor says he thinks that it's due. He thinks that they're playing a step slow. They weren't in the right position, and that's why they're missing tackles. Not because of poor fundamentals. I disagree. And, and, so okay, that, that was my question. As if you agree, and my follow up to that is. is how do you get better at tackling when you're not allowed to tackle at practice in the NFL? I don't know. How do you get better? I don't know. How do we improve that? I don't think. I think that you just either have the, sound the, fundamental tacklers or you don't, and we do not. You know what? That was the big thing on Jesse Bates last year is coming out of the draft because they were worried he could tackle. He tackled really well last year. And to be honest with you, on Sunday he didn't look good either. The whole defense looked like garbage. Preston Brown led the league in tackles. They looked gassed yeah. from snap three on. Yeah. They looked like they couldn't breathe. Yeah. Like, by the way, um, uh, oh, God, I just, what, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Moeller kid, Ohio State kid. Chris Hubbard. Uh, or Hubbard. Yeah, what's what's his first name now? Oh, my God. Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard, thank you. So Sam, Sam Hubbard, who was a dog, by the way. Love Sam Hubbard. He's really good. I like him a lot. He looked like he was a 1,000 pounds. <laughs> Did not move well. Yeah. Wasn't the reasonable. I tell you what, Geno Atkins had great interior um, pressure and no fill. Like, he would, he was taking double teams and taking them three yards into the backfield. Yeah. And it should have been tackles for loss over and over and over again. And and then Brita comes out and drops 40 yards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it's unbelievable. It was horrible. It was, it was, it was horrible. I, I literally curled up on my couch by myself in a field position. And, and to, just well, and just lied there and watched it. To be honest, I think that I just took it. I think that was the 49ers game plan from the beginning. They were like, "Listen, this team can't tackle." You know, I don't care what we saw at Seattle. We they haven't changed much in the off season, and we saw how they tackled last season. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna throw short. We're gonna get the ball in our playmakers' hands, mm-hmm. and we're gonna let them make plays. And you know what? 
our defense, they, they said stop it, we essentially. Gave, we gave up more yards in the first half than we gave up than the in entire game of in, in Seattle. At Se- How do you come out in your home opener you know what's and cr- perform like that? You know what's crazy to me? I think Seattle's a better team than the 49ers. I think I, they absolutely are. Yeah. I, they, were, they, were, they were punching Pittsburgh in the mouth yeah. before even before Big Ben got hurt. Yeah. Punching them out. Which, by the way, I think the Steelers are a very flawed team this year, too. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Which is disappointing because I want to beat them when they're good. Yeah, well, you know? I'll take a win anywhere and get and, it. And I'm not gonna lie, I do enjoy watching the fall of the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. It is pretty dope. Um, but yeah, uh, bad game, not a good game. Are we? Is this? Is, is this? Listen, you know, I told my girlfriend this. Um, Whoa! I know, right? I know, right? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Um, I told my girlfriend this, and I, I said to her, you know, listen. This might be weird to you, but like I, it, I, it devastates me. It hurts my week. I, I literally, I woke up late as hell on Monday. I was depressed. Like I can't do this weekend. We are we gonna be able to watch a football game this year where we give up less than six hundred yards of total offense? Is this gonna, is it gonna happen? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm using, I'm, I'm using hyperbole. I, I, I know, but I'm saying, was that, was that an anomaly? I don't think so. I, I think, I think the big thing with Zach Taylor is gonna be the rebound. Um. Correcting mistakes. You know, I'm really interested to see. I still stick by. I think we're going to be a six and ten team. Okay. I stick by that. Mm-hmm. My question is, how do they manage the the true testament of this, of this coaching staff will be? Can they manage the locker room even when they're losing, when they have nothing else to play for in terms of <clears throat> um, possible you know playoff, whatever it might be. Can he keep the locker room? Because eventually that that message gets stale when you start losing. Yes, I agree. You know, I, yeah, especially with it's not it's not like this team doesn't want to win. Oh, and, I, and I agree. It's not we're on, we're not Miami. We're you know we're out there tanking. Yeah, and you know, good God, they're bad. Boy. All, yeah, they are. They're the worst. Um, and like that whole thing with Joe Mixon. Did you hear that? Which one, the peon thing? No. Where he was like, if you think you can do better, oh, try yeah. out. It, I, I kind of sympathize with that, like, but you gotta expect booze when you're getting blown out at home. Dude, Seattle was getting booed in week one, and they yeah. lo- they were they were they won. Yeah, but I my <laughs> my my big thing is like, the fans act like these players don't want to win. Like, you're booing them, and I get it. You're booing the franchise. You're booing. The, but these players aren't coming out here with their fingers in their ass, like trying to lose these games. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, though, there's no such thing as a moral victory. I agree. In the NFL. I agree. There's not. I agree, but and, like, it's not. It's not like they don't want to win. You. Uh, do, here's another question: Do you think after that Seattle game, they kind of slacked off? I don't know that it was an effort thing, dude. It looked like an effort thing to me. I. I, I don't think they were out schemed. I just don't think so. I think the execution was certainly. Piss poor. I don't know that. I don't know that it was an effort thing. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Now they may have come out and underestimated the 49ers. I think. I think they got punched in the mouth. Yeah, I definitely underestimated the 49ers. Yeah, you and I talked, and even I acquiesced and said, "You know what?" Because I originally picked them to lose that game. I'm like, you know, what? I think they're gonna win this game this weekend, and they got swapped. Way to go! It's your fault. It is my fault. I need to keep on being Captain Pessimism. Pessimism. That's that's my problem. You communist. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Let's uh let's let's stop you know lamenting over this loss, um, and let's let's preview this game this week. Okay. okay. All right. Go ahead. Give me give me give me give me give me your thoughts. What are your thoughts for this week? I think this is a very winnable game. 
Um, the Buffalo two and zero is mm-hmm. kind of a a farce. You know what I mean? I don't think it's super legit. In all honesty, I don't think they're as good as their record shows. I mean, they played the Dolphins. Who else did they play? Was the other team? Um, the Jets. The Jets. I don't think the Jets are very good either. They would be correct. That's a very affirmative statement. So they have two wins against two average to below average teams. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I don't see them having very much talent. Like I don't even know who their leading receiver is. John Brown. Oh God. Yeah, he's fast. Uh, they they actually have good pieces. I think they put some good pieces around them this year. And they look okay. You know, um, they're not. A, I don't think they're a playoff team. They may s- sneak into a wild card, maybe. I mean, they certainly aren't going to win the division. Not with the Patriots. In the no, division. absolutely but not. But I, I I will say though, I don't think this is a team. I think that I think that this is a team that can be scary, and I'll tell you why. Because of a man named Josh Allen, and I think oh, jo- you're on that train. No, listen to what I'm saying. I think Josh Allen is very Jameis Winston esque. Where you can come out one week and you'd be like, "How is this guy in the NFL?" And the very next series or even the next week, you'd be like, "Wow, this is Brett Favre reincarnated." You know, I I think that the inconsistency will always be there. I think that his short throw accuracy is terrible, but the kid has found a way to win, and he can sling the ball. He has great arm strength. He's a big quarterback. The Bengals, listen, we have great interior pass rushers. We have great edge rushers. We struggled against Ben Roethlisberger and big quarterbacks like that. Josh Allen, he, he, he is that. He's big. He's a strong arm. He can improvise. He can move. He's very mobile. He can slide the pocket. I, I, I think that this is a matchup problem for the Bengals. I really do. And In a defense that's already not good, yeah. I think that we have problems. And I tell you what, they're going to move John Brown around in the slot. They have, um, not Jordan Shipley, um, they have Cole Beasley. Uh, I, again, I, I, they're going to... They're gonna. They have playmakers. They have the ability to make it a very tough game for the Bengals. Frank Gore is no is no is no slub. Okay, Frank he's Gore 800 is years old. he's eight hundred years old, but he's a bionic man. The kid, the guy just keeps cranking. They have Devin Singletary, who's explosive as hell. He reminds me a lot of Giovanni Bernard in his first year out. He's a little beefier though. Yeah, but but I'm telling you, like in terms of like explosiveness, I mean. But now he's he's he might be out for this game this week, Devin, which would help the Bengals. Devin Singletary, but. I don't think that they're going to run the ball as effectively against the Bengals of the 49ers. But again, man, I think that it's it's going to be a matchup problem. It's going to be a matchup problem yeah. for us. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals win this game. I think it's going to be in a shootout. Like it will be for a lot of games this year. But if the Bengals yeah. win this game, it's going to be a shootout. I don't. I just think it's a. I think this is one of the more winnable games on our schedule. In all honesty, are you are you buying into their record? Are you buying I, no, into I, that? No, record? I mean in Buffalo. They played two bad teams. Yeah. They played two teams that they should beat. Now, I think if you ask a lot of people, they'd say that the Buffalo Bills are playing a team this week that they should, they should beat. I think if you ask a lot of people who know a lot more about football than you and I, they would say that they should beat the Bengals this week. Yeah. And, um, I mean, they're, they're favored to win um, this week as well. I, I don't know what the spread is off the top of my head. Um, so they're favored to win by, they're, they're favored to win by six. Okay. So I, now, I'm, now, I will tell you, if you're a betting man, I would take that. I would, I would take the points and go with the Bengals. I think the Bengals cover that spread and um, and win the game as well. But, again, I just I think it's going to be a matchup problem. Um, I don't know. I originally said that John Ross – this is the – I said John Ross had a breakout game this week in our in our podcast two weeks ago, episode 12. 
I said that John Ross would have a breakout game this week, but he's already had two breakout games. Man, um, can we talk about him for a second? Talk about him. I want to talk about him. Go ahead. Because he's the background on my phone. Really? I've bought in, man. Uh, I mean, my boy, my boy, John Ross. Um, I've always believed in him. Still drops a lot of passes. He might be uh, Chris that's, Henry. You know what? If he drops a pass and then goes sixty yards, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Um, I'm high on John Ross. I uh, picked him up that first week of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Right after that Seattle game, I was I was number one on the waiver mm-hmm. waiver wire. I picked it up, and I wasn't disappointed. I think John Ross is going to have a unbelievable season this year. Yeah. I think. His confidence is at our is at our whole all time high. Yeah, I think with this offensive coaching staff, they know ex- just how to use him. Uh, when you look at some of the the plays that were left on the field, he's got a lot left in the tank, and we haven't even reached yeah his final form. I think if he stays healthy, I think he'll be continue to, to I agree to, to contribute. And um, I'll, I'll tell you what though. Okay, so if the Bengals are going to win, the reason why they will win on Sunday. Is because they force Josh Allen to turn the ball over. Yeah, he's throwing two touchdowns, throwing two interceptions. It's not a great ratio. The Bengals have to find a way to, even if they give up a lot of yards, to force turnovers and win the turnover battle. If the Bengals win the turnover battle and they win the big play battle, so if they have more plays for every twenty yards um, from scrimmage, and they win the turnover battle, I think the Bengals win this game this weekend. If they do not win both of those categories, both of those battles, the Bengals lose big this weekend. I don't think they're going to lose big. You heard it here first. Okay, let's let's go ahead. Um, let's let's do picks then for this week. We're getting we're getting kind of to the end here. Okay, uh, we're at minute about fifty or so. So let's go ahead. Let's do our picks for this week. So, um, I think that I originally picked the Bengals to win. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. I think that they go to Buffalo. They do win the turnover battle. They find John Ross for a couple big plays. They finally find some red zone success. Yeah. The chubby clubby only misses two kicks this week. <laughs> and I think the Bengals win 32-28. to 28. You think it's going to be that high score? Yep. Really? Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick the Bengals as well. Um, I think they win by 10. I think, again, John Ross. I think John Ross has another big game. I think Mixon finally gets on track here. Um, I'm worried about the offensive line. Um, What's your score? I think we win by 10. And I, I What's know, your score? I know I, I know I complained about your score being that high. Um, but I think... We won by 10, I think. What's your score? I'm thinking. Give me a second. Give me the numbers. We, ladies and gentlemen, I promise we do do pre-show sometimes. Um, I, think it's, I think it's 21-31 Bengals. 21-31. Bengals. 31-21 the Bengals. So, okay. All right, guys. So, uh, here you heard it here. Uh, we both have the Bengals winning this week. I have them 32-28. Uh, Gamble has them 31-21. Um, either way, pretty high-scoring games. Um, defense has to play big, and uh, I think I think we might call that a show. That, yeah, I think, I think that might be it. Plug plug the socials. Yeah. Okay. So um, again, I'm Logan. Uh, you can follow me at, at Chow underscore Logan. Uh, Gamble's handle on Twitter is 
At Girly Hummin. So that's G-I-R-L-I-E-H-U-M-M-I-N. And then always, or sorry, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at the show, which is at around underscore the underscore natty. Instagram's the same. Yeah, Instagram matches. Um, we'll definitely be trying to get this episode out here, hopefully by Friday. What's, oh, today is, I guess it is. Tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, it's going to be Friday in 10 minutes, actually. 10 minutes. Yeah, well, I can probably get it out by tomorrow. So hopefully, hopefully we we have, hopefully have a happy Friday for you guys to enjoy. Um, And so that way you guys can preview the game with us. And um, as always, please interact with the show, like us, leave a comment, um, tell us where we went right, where we went wrong. Um, that's the segment I want to start doing, by the way. I want to do like where we were right, where we were wrong, kind of thing. Um, in the future, I think that'd be fun. Old takes exposed. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I guess so. Also, by the way, can't wait for the next episode because we're gonna have a real. I, in the other day, Gamble texted me and said something about like you were right about the Reds, I, or he said I was wrong about the Reds. They're not gonna win as many games as I thought. No, nope, I didn't say that. What did you say? I said that about Cam Newton. You did say I was right about Cam Newton, but you also said about the Reds. He said, "I don't." He said, "Well, looks like I owe you a case of beer because the Reds." Oh didn't yeah, win. I do. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, we'll, I mean, it was a hail mary. We'll we'll we'll, we'll explore that more. I don't know. I gave you seventy eight. Seventy eight games is not. No, they had to make the playoffs for the case of beer. Oh really? Okay. Well, fantastic. That's even <laughs> yeah, you certainly messed up that. I whiffed. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but anyways, so uh, I th- I think that's it. You have any parting words for our guest here before we close it out? I love you guys. Yeah, man. Thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, we hope that you continue to stick with us and hang out. Oh, he's crying. That's so sad. Oh, baby Wawa. Um, I will so just sit here and cry. <laughs> but, uh, hey, guys, uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, check in next week. We'll be back and better than ever. And we'll catch you around the natty. Around the natty.